You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 131 of the Boys in the Booth podcast coming off the Canada Day weekend. Happy 4th of July to all of our American friends, uh, Cody, Melbourne and Abrams joining you once again this week. Guys, how we doing? Really good. Coming off a great weekend, Canada weekend, long weekend. How can you complain about that? Um, I will, however, be taking the rest of the summer to catch up on sleeping for this weekend. And that's the life of being 25. There you go. Uh, guys, little embarrassing moment from this weekend here. Paige is back, by the way, so that's good. Uh, she's back from Europe. But embarrassing moment for me on my <laughs> on Canada Day. I was just watching a movie at like 930 or whatever when the fireworks went off downtown. So you can see the CN Tower and everything from my place, but didn't even know they went off. I checked Instagram and I saw a post. It was like 18 minutes ago and it was just somebody filming the fireworks and i was like holy i'm old i don't even care about fireworks anymore like what's going on (laughs) um also a couple things before we get into this episode i want to say thank you to everybody who's been uh just hounding our youtube channel it's been incredible guys like these last couple weeks here uh a couple videos on our youtube have really taken off and i hope this one does the same you know if you're listening or watching on youtube but our previous episode uh 129 our ideal off season for the maple leafs with uh myself and uh guest john kiriaku that's at 1.1 k views right now over a thousand so thank you for that and then our most recent episode uh what was it the 2022 nhl mock draft we did the top 10 that's at 800 views right now so thank you thank you thank you guys for for watching that and uh hopefully this youtube train just continues to soar yeah well said absolutely and uh yeah guys great great weekend uh we had one of uh the best events in brockville the summer come back for the first time in a few years and that is the thousand islands regatta so uh blockhouse island was packed all weekend long case i'm with you brother i'm trying to catch up on sleep uh every week it seems like um because i was there all three days and for the races and the the bands and everything and some drinking involved and all that it was it was a good time and uh yeah again thank you to you our wonderful listeners for uh the viewership and and the following uh these uh these last few weeks so thank you for that and now boys the off-season craziness is underway we've seen uh some coaching hires we've seen uh a couple of big deals here and there and uh we've got the nhl draft of course coming up later this week uh if you haven't yet go and listen to our mock top 10 episode where we go through uh you know who we think is going to get selected uh by by uh those teams selecting in the first top 10 so uh round one of the draft is thursday night in montreal at the bell center and then free agency which we're going to focus on in this episode that starts on July 13th. So a bit of a different schedule this year. Usually we have the draft in late June and then free agency starts on Canada day. Um, but uh, this year it's a little bit different. That's going to start uh, next week on, uh, on the 13th. And so what we've done is we've identified 
six big name unrestricted free agents. So we're going to go through all six and where we think they will land starting uh, July 13th or after. So uh, again, six big name UFAs that we're going to talk about where we think they could land and uh, and maybe some, uh, you know, projections on what those contracts could look like as well so guys let's get into uh a big fish to start and that is johnny goudreau what a bounce back season for him over 100 points with the calgary flames disappointing finish in the postseason obviously uh it's been rumored that the flames have an offer uh to him that's eight years around 9.5 million aav or so and uh we're still waiting to hear uh what johnny goudreau is going to do we know that uh there is a lot of interest um the rumors that if he doesn't stay in calgary he would be like to he would like to be uh on the east coast somewhere uh and so starting with johnny goudreau i have this guy going to the philadelphia flyers and free agency i think that the flyers are one of those teams that could be intriguing to him that could step up to the plate with a massive offer and uh would take a big swing after just a god-awful season uh this this past year so i've got johnny goudreau going to the philadelphia flyers what do you guys think to start us off Now, obviously, this is one I've heard a lot. You know, it's he's from Salem, New Jersey, which is like an hour down the road from Philadelphia, and it's kind of known as his hometown team. But uh, the more things go on here in, in Philadelphia, the less likely I think it is. Um, their major need right now is either defense or a centerman, and. If I'm Johnny Gaudreau and I'm looking at this team and looking at their major holes, I don't want to be added on as a scoring winger without a centerman to play with and without a defenseman to back me up. Plus, the adding the addition of John Tortorello, I don't really see the big fish going to Philadelphia anymore. Those are my my two big reasons. I don't see him in Philadelphia, although the narrative is certainly there, and that's been a lot of the chatter in the last little while. Like It, it wouldn't shock me, but uh, personally, I don't have him going to Philadelphia. What do you think, Chad? Philadelphia for me doesn't make sense because I think this is going to be a life decision for him. And I think if you want a good life in the NHL, you want to go to a contender. And Philadelphia is just nowhere close. Like they had an abysmal season this year. Adding Tortorella at this point, I don't think it makes sense. Goaltending is shaky. What the hell is going on in their blue line? Lost Claude Giroux up front. Like they have to restock the cupboards. I think it makes zero sense to Philadelphia. I get the narrative. That makes sense to me, but I just think if if Johnny wants to make a, a decision where he wants to be on a contender, Philadelphia is just out of the question because they're not even close. Are you going to back that up at all? Have <laughs> we tear you down? <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. I, I mean, I think a big thing for for Philly is if they can stay healthy. You know, like I I, I don't think it would be that bad of a situation for Johnny Gaudreau to play next to Sean Couturier um for example in the middle so and and i don't know i i just i i have seen that you know philadelphia just doesn't really have an appetite for a rebuild and that they could be a team to take a big swing and they've been connected to johnny goudreau before so i think if they can stay healthy and you know offer him the right package and if he's able to play with a guy like sean couturier i think that that could maybe work 
No, I definitely think that Philadelphia could be a team that's going to make a big swing. And I think they have to here, but I think it's just more likely to be a centerman. And for me, the, the Johnny Couturier um, matchup there, I just don't think it works when it comes to line matching because Couturier is going to be playing against the other team's top scoring threat line every single game. And I don't know if you want Johnny Gaudreau on that in that same role. So I, I, at plus... Philadelphia's got to do something about some of their contracts that they have on the books. They've got to move JVR if they're even going to think about getting Gaudreau because right now I think they have $7 million available and that yeah. is not in the wheelhouse of Johnny Gaudreau after 115 points. Either mm-hmm. either move him or buy him out and do something about that. But yeah, there's some money that needs to come off the books for sure in Philadelphia. I will say this. we, we So we started talking about arguably the biggest fish. You know, the guy at 115 points last year a couple years ago we had 99 like this guy can score he can pass he can he can do it all offensively case you mentioned some of the the defensive blunders for the player but whatever he he gets a shit ton of points i will say that even after hearing that there was an offer of nine and a half million for eight years or roughly in, in that range there's been a lot of chatter that johnny should just accept it and you know it seems like he likes staying in calgary you know i i've heard talk of him loving the the stampede and his family likes it there and it, and that's why i say it'll be a family decision for him but i will say a lot of the chatter coming out of tsn calgary is saying that you know they're prepared to move on if they have to and they can spend that money elsewhere because you know that they have to resign uh kachuk and mangiapani as well and then yep. they could get someone else on the free agent market maybe at a lesser price who brings you know, I, can't, I don't want to say comparable production because 115 points is crazy, right? But at least, you know, some, some more depth scoring. And I think they're actually yeah. prepared to move on. So I'll say that. My lackluster answer is that he's not going anywhere and he's going to stay in Calgary for nine and a half million, eight years and for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, but to keep that lackluster, boring answer out of play, I will say that, you know, two teams that i think about where they're going to lose a big fish to free agency so then they become the biggest contenders for picking up another one is calgary like you're saying chad and nashville and i see if nashville loses philip forsberg and after picking up mcdonough on the back end now their top four is disgusting in nashville again it's like deja vu here um and they've had a lot of players last season really get back to what we're used to from them and Deshane and, and um, Johansson. Yeah. Um, like those guys have really come back from from poor seasons. So I think now Nashville has to strike again. If they lose Philip Forsberg, they need some winger scoring. So I think Gaudreau would be a perfect replacement for Philip Forsberg. In fact, that's an upgrade for them. And uh, yeah. I believe they have the money to do so as well. So I believe Goudreau to Nashville is a possibility here. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, if you're a team within three or four million dollars of signing Goudreau, because like, you know, let, let's let predict his ticket probably eight times 10, right? Or eight times nine and a half, basically what Calgary offered him. If you're within three and four million bucks of of being able to sign that player, you make it happen. You make the yeah. offer happen. You move the money around. Like you figure it out, right? Like that's that's like for one sure. or two players. So Nashville makes total sense for me. Um, like it, I could see him landing there. The one thing I'll say about Nashville is like I don't know what the hell their direction is. It seems like 
you know, they, they sell a guy and then they buy a guy. They sell a guy, they buy a guy. But it seems like now, after getting McDonough, they're all in. After this season, After man, making the playoffs. They're, they're in. Yeah, so yeah. I, that makes sense now that it seems like they're all in, even though I think they probably should have rebuilt it over these last couple of years. But, you know, to each their own. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> Case, I'll, I'll stick with the boring answer because I know that's your true answer. And I'll say, I think he stays in Calgary. And I said this before um, when we talked about it. I think he just figures, they figure out the money there. You know, like I think yeah. maybe they get Mangiapane on, on a, a cheaper deal, bridge deal or something. They figure it out with Kachuk. They bring the guys together and say, hey, listen, do you want to stay here? Let's get it done. We know Tree Living is kind of an old school GM. I think that's, uh, that's how it works. I think they get it done. Yeah, I mean, they they haven't been a team in the past to let big fish go. Um, uh, you know, Giordano, I guess, would be the argument there, but their arm was a little tied there. And after that, I can't really think of anyone, TJ Brody, but even that isn't as big of a fish. But in, in the past, the only guys I can think about walking are like a Camilleri who was only there for a handful of seasons. So yeah. they're definitely an old school organization and they always try to get it done with their guys uh, or they make a trade. Uh, I would be a terrible Devils fan if I didn't mention that any scoring winger available is going to be tied to New Jersey right now. <laughs> so Plus he was literally from the state. So that is my last and final option. I, I actually have three set up for Gaudreau and it's Calgary, Nashville, and then New Jersey. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be... I would be thrilled, but I don't expect it to happen. It's just kind of that they need a scoring winger. He's a scoring winger connection made. Yeah. Like, I, I think New Jersey finds a scoring winger from within, like probably Holtz or someone like that. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think they need someone, I think, I think but they, I don't there's think there's other options out there that they're going to go for. Yeah. They don't need an 11 or a $10 million guy to fill a need. Like, I think that creates a, a problem for New Jersey in two years, you know, when they got to start signing guys. But well, it'd be interesting too for the Devils. Like, if we see them for a second summer in a row spend big money on a big time UFA, right? Dougie Hamilton last offseason, do they do the same and get a Goudreau or whoever else this offseason? That would be uh, really interesting to see. Listening to Tom Fitzgerald, that is the plan. <laughs> All right, moving on from Johnny Hockey to a couple of centermen coming up, and we'll start with uh, the guy who just won his first Stanley Cup, Nazem Kadri of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, career year, 87 points. He was in the Hart Trophy conversation early on in the season. Uh, love what he said after winning the Stanley Cup, his comments about, uh, you know, uh, to to people who thought that he was a liability. I thought that was just so great. Uh, and uh, this guy's going to get paid, man. I think that it's just going to be too too difficult to make the money work in Colorado. They have to bring back, uh, you know, a guy like Nachushkin, who is obviously going to get a healthy raise. And uh, I did see a report that uh, Kadri's looking to cash in, man. He's looking for sort of something uh, uh, north of $8 million dollars a season on a long-term deal and uh one team that i heard earlier today on frank saravalli's podcast is the new york rangers that they're looking for a um you know tenacious second line center uh it it, it seems like things have kind of uh fallen apart as far as contract talks go with ryan strom even though he had a good season uh and and i do like that fit um you know 
with uh, with the New York Rangers and, and Nazem Kadri. So I'll say that Kadri could go to the Rangers in, in free agency uh, to slide in as their second line center. And obviously the Rangers will be looking to continue to go in an upward trend, right? They made it to the final four this year. And uh, I think that Kadri would be a, a big swing for them that would make a lot of sense. New York Rangers are like the Devils in that any scoring winger is is tied to the Devils. Well, any big player is tied for the to, to the Rangers now. It's like it's the destination, and it, it gets a little tiresome when you hate the team reading that constantly. But it's true. It's every player would love to play in New York, and no one wants to play for the Islanders right now. So your your options are dwindling there. Um, it's definitely a possibility. I, I just kind of find it so interesting that you know the rangers will do so well and, and go to the um conference finals and then go uh you know what we're not going to sign strom we're not going to sign cop we're actually going to drop um Vert- uh, Vert- what's his name frankie vetrano we're yeah. going to drop him too it's like it's so interesting that they pick up all these guys at the deadline go for a run and then drop them all I, I don't know it's a it's a really interesting move but you definitely think that kadri's a fit he's kind of like the, the culture wise would make sense in, in the Rangers in my mind as well and and playing style as well. They've also got other problems going on right now, like Panarin might want out. Um is what I'm reading. So that's super interesting to me. Yeah. But yeah, it, like Harp, Colorado's got a lot of people to sign right now. So Kadri's out the door if he wants over eight million, and that's what I've heard. Yeah. So uh Kadri to the Rangers makes a lot of sense but I've got another team close by that I think is going to be going all in one last time and that's the Washington Capitals uh Backstrom's going to have surgery he's going to be out for a long time LTIR money freeing up for them and they're going to need someone to play down the middle and and help out uh Ovi while he's he's still around um Again, playing style makes a lot of sense to me to go to the Rangers or to the Capitals. Um, they already have one villain. Uh, they would love a second one in Washington. And I, I think that's a perfect destination for Kadri. Although there's a lot of options here. Like I've got a list. I see Washington. I see Seattle. I see him staying in Colorado somehow. And maybe even Boston because they're in yeah. hell down the middle. I'm so glad you mentioned Boston because that was the team I wanted to say if it were not for the history between between Toronto or when or Kadri when he was a member of the Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins, yeah. I don't think I don't think you can bring that player in to Boston. Does, no, you just can't. You know, he, he's he's ver- or universally hated by that city. But if we're talking team fit, like that makes the most sense. Like, what did we rag on Boston the most this year for? I mean, you can say depth scoring as a whole, I suppose, but. Their second line center was Eric Halla, guys. Like they lost David Krejci, and that was something that, you know, I brought up multiple times because I thought it was crazy that they didn't replace him. I, I just and and now Kadri's here, and it would make so much sense because I think he fits. And Boston is a team where you know I think if they if they truly like a player, they'd be able to spend the money and they'd be willing to. You saw that with Hampus Lindholm. But all of that being said, it's not going to happen because they hate the player universally in that city. Where I think Kadri is a fit, especially if he wants to make over $8 million. Like, first of all, I think Kadri is probably worth like six, six and a half, because we've seen ups and downs, right? In this last season, 87 points, I think you, you mentioned, that was a high. 
you know, but before that, the scoring wasn't really there and he played on a Stanley Cup team. So it's like it's kind of hard to evaluate him. So I think the safe bet would be like six times six and a half. You know, if I'm his agent, I am pointing my finger at Hayes right now in Philadelphia. And I'm saying that's a similar player who didn't have a great season last year, even though Kadri had an incredible season. And if I were his agent, I'd be doing that comparison all day long to get that sort of money. Oh, 100 percent. And I think a team will give him a lot of money. And I think it's going to be the Ottawa Senators. I think there's less hate between Kadri and the Senators. That wasn't really a rivalry when Kadri was a part of the Maple Leafs because neither team was very good yeah. at that point. And, uh, you know, there's the connection to Connor Brown and Akita Zaitsev who are there. Now, I don't think either of those guys are mainstays in Ottawa, but there is a connection. You know, I've heard Ottawa's been shopping Brown. But I think, you know, if you're if you're looking to take the next step, if you're the Senators, I think bringing in Kadri being able to pay him a little bit more than what other teams are because of your salary cap situation. I think it makes total sense and I could see the fit there. That's where Seattle comes into play for me. I think yep. they're making, they're looking to make a huge splash. And when the guy is asking for a lot of money, well, they've got a lot of money. Yep. So Seattle is certainly a possibility. Plus he would be the guy there. Yeah. So that's always a selling point. Imagine Jersey sales would just be Kadri. I wonder if he would wear, 43 or 91 or what he would wear yeah i can see it oh that would be that would be a great fit um speaking of of the ottawa senators this uh this next player on our list is where i have him going uh to the the i know who you're gonna say (laughs) and uh that is uh cole drew uh obviously this has been uh heavily rumored he's from there uh and you know this is a team that has a talented young core. They have to lock up Josh Norris this summer. Obviously, they're looking to take the next step, and they're looking to be a playoff contender as soon as this coming season. I think that this year they, uh, you know, they were disappointed with how it went. A lot of ups and downs. Sure, there was COVID injuries and and that sort of thing. Drake Batherson, one of the one of the big injuries of note. Um, but they wanted to be further along than they were this year. And uh so Anyway, I have Claude Giroux going to the Ottawa Senators. I think he's one of those veterans that would fit in so well uh, with the young kids. And that's kind of the test right now for the Senators. Pierre Dorian and company have proved that they can draft and develop really well. We've seen that so far. They've got a great young core. But the challenge is bringing in the right veterans to surround the kids. And that's been a challenge so far. Yeah, so they, they I, failed at that so far. Like. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that I think that Drew would be a nice fit. There's obviously the the uh, hometown connection there. I think it would be really nice. I think it would sell more tickets. And uh, I just I, I, I love the fit. So I'll go with the uh, the layup here and, and take uh, Claude Drew to the Ottawa Senators. I like I like Harper's board so far. He's, I think he's going to say Burakovsky's going to Stockholm next because of the connection there. Yeah. Uh, um, no, Harper, he's it's on my list. It, it's the third option for me, but um, mostly because I, I really don't know where Giroux's mindset lies. I, I don't think he's a cup chasing player. I don't think he's going to bounce around a ton to try to pick up a championship. Okay. Um, 
so so i think ottawa is is likely if you're thinking that mentality uh, because of the the hometown connection plus it's like the perfect fit they need a top six forward and uh a defenseman so if they could get Giroux, they're already taking care of one of those and a veteran player right there your your a's and c's don't all have to be 20 year olds um it'll it'll be perfect fit so definitely a possibility i think that you know the same need is in Minnesota right now, and I think that that could be an option for them. In Giroux, he would fill out their their center core and, and hopefully replace some scoring of Kevin Fiala. Uh, plus, you know, without Miko Koivu, there is that lack of dress, dressing room. Uh, uh, the presence. The presence. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's it's way too far from Christmas to be talking about that. Um, <laughs> the other one, the last option I have for Giroux, and it's only because I've heard a lot of chatter about this, is going to Edmonton. I think that that's another great fit for him. He'd be a three C there, I, I would assume, and um, there's some some defense and some scoring for Edmonton, and and a kind of like that that thing they need to push them over the edge, other than a goalie for uh, for next year's Stanley Cup push yeah well edmonton's gonna get jack campbell didn't you hear case <laughs> that's gonna be his his landing spot either there or new jersey whoever wants his ufa rights but uh okay jeru before i give you my answer what what do we think he's worth right now on you know say he signs for for five years would that be crazy a five-year term four years i wouldn't I, pay him for five I wasn't. years I wasn't thinking that at all. Four like, years? I was thinking I was thinking more three to four years at like an AV of four seven five to five million. That low, eh? Are, well, are, are you in are you in the same kind of area case? Because I wasn't no. no. What do you what do you think? No, I think he's like a, a two year guy, a one one or two year guy's at six million. Yeah. Or maybe enough. five and a half. Okay, so I guess we're kind of on the same page with the AAV. Years really doesn't matter. I, I guess, like, you can start. I think it does. Well, I, no, but I'm saying years doesn't matter for our sake talking about it here. But I, because I wanted to bring up AAV, okay? And this is the reason I have Claude Giroux going to the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. The, oh. Stay with me here. This is crazy. They're losing Nazem Kadri, obviously, who wants about 8 million bucks. Where did Claude Giroux, where was he rumored to go at the deadline, you know, before he signed or before he was traded to the Florida Panthers? Colorado. A, a big fish was Colorado. Well, they, they were in on him. That, this, but this is where years matter to me. Like, I, I could see the longer years if he's going to Ottawa. I can't see more than a year or two if he's going to Colorado. They got to pay McKinnon in a year. They yes, got to pay yes, Owen yes, Byram yes. in a year. But, they, but listen, that wasn't, that wasn't my argument case. I wasn't saying sign him for, for seven years at, you know, two million bucks or something. I was just seeing where you guys were at for, for a, a typical contract. Right, but years but are out of the question. matters if he's going to Colorado. The reason Maybe I think, the only team that it matters. The reason I think he will sign in Colorado or could sign in Colorado is because he wanted to go there in the first place. I do think he's chasing a cup because that's something I think he would really like to add to his resume. Uh, No kidding. And Colorado, I think, can find a way to make the money work and still get a pretty decent 
second or third line center wherever you want to play him because they have the depth scoring to do it and i think they're able to bring guys back if they pay him say four million bucks and i think he would take a pay cut to go to a cup contending team i think it makes sense yeah i mean it would have to be one year four million dollars to me because anything longer they get into some trouble they man, they've got to bring back lekanin who is huge for them they've got to bring back nitrushkin who is they're after Makar and McKinnon, their third best player on their team in the playoffs. Yeah, they've got to bring back him. And how much money is he going to ask for? And if you're bringing in Giroud to to make this replacement, and you're paying him, you know, enough money to keep him happy, like you're also taking a lot of hits here. You're losing Kadri, then you're losing, um, you know, all of your depth, losing Kadri really. regardless. Burakovsky regardless. They've got to pay Burakovsky. And so there's a lot of people out the door there. I don't know. It just, I can see why he'd want to go there. He want, if he wants to win a cup, that's the best place to go. They just did it. They've got a Nashville or Tampa Bay situation on their hands, but I just don't, I don't see it working money wise unless he takes a major cut. And they, it looks like they're going to have to address their goaltending as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about, Kemper, but I think I don't know. Colorado goaltending clearly isn't a massive need for them because they have Francouz already, who was mm-hmm. proven to be pretty good. And they probably, if they can't keep Kemper, like we'll talk about him, but they probably just get you know a tandem guy for Francouz because Kemper yeah. was not good in the playoffs and they still no. won the cup. Like it did not matter. He was like a 900 goalie. <laughs> I. Colorado's going to be the most interesting team to yeah. be in the offseason because I don't know what they're going to do to stay the number one contender. Yeah. Like there's a lot of pieces, a lot of important pieces that are going and and they have to pay. Like another one's Josh Manson. That guy was so good in the playoffs for them. He was a brick wall back there just running into bodies. And that's another guy that sounds like he's yeah. out the door because yeah. they're not going to be able to pay them. This is what happens when you win a cup is yeah. – people want more they just won you a cup they're gonna ask for money and that's the case for manson for um nichishkin kadri burkowski lekanin all of these guys want more money and you gotta pay your best player next year yeah and like clearly he's gonna make a lot but for one year you've still got mckinnon at under seven million bucks you know which is ridiculous but Mm -hmm. this this is the last thing i'll say about Giroux going to colorado i'm not saying it's likely i'm saying i could see it happening because i think the the player fit is there he wants to play for a contender in my mind i don't know the guy but that's what i'm expecting you know that's why he went to florida he thought he'd win with them that's why he was interested in colorado before i see this as like as a patrick marlowe to toronto deal and forgive me that's the the first contract that comes to mind Patrick Marlowe signed for three years at $6.25 million, uh, roughly. I think it was six two five, And everyone knew when he signed that the third year of that deal, it was going to be the, the worst thing ever for the team because they had to sign their big guys, right? But he insisted on that year to keep the, the AAV down because he was still worth it at that point for, the, for, I guess, the first year, arguably. I see Giroud doing the same thing where maybe it's two years. He says, okay, give me two years. I'll sign for three, three and a half. Because I think he just knows what kind of player he is now. I think he can accept maybe a a third line role. Because listen, Colorado, 
has their stars for cheap right now. Even even Makar, the best defenseman in the NHL, doesn't get yeah. paid like the best defenseman in the NHL. That guy should be making 15 million bucks for the next quadrillion years. But he doesn't. And I think they have to take advantage of that. They're able to give up some depth scoring if they can solidify some pieces and just play their stars. Like I think like you might think it's crazy, but I think there's a legitimate fit there, especially because they know they're losing Kadri and they need a cheaper option to replace at two or three C. I think there's gonna be there there there's a fit there. You're right there. Yeah. But I think that it, it's gonna be a negative impact if they take on Drew in the long run. Yeah. And in a cup run. Yeah, and then they then they give a a pick, you know, to to move his deal, like the Leafs did with Marlowe. But, you know, that's not an ideal goal. When I say the long run, I mean in twenty twenty three. Yeah, maybe. All right, uh, we've got uh, three more big name UFAs to, to talk about here, fellas, and uh, we're going to stay on the on the Colorado Avalanche theme here. And uh, so, starting with uh, Andre Burakovsky, so he's our fourth UFA that we're going to talk about. Had a really nice regular season, a good good scoring winger. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, was in and out of the lineup in the playoffs, uh, you know, both due to injury and just you know, a numbers game. I mean, Colorado was just so deep up front this season, as we all know, that, uh, you know, some good players had to be out of the lineup. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, Burakovsky could be a nice fit somewhere. And I kind of had a tough time with this one, but I have settled on the Carolina Hurricanes as a potential fit for a guy like Andre Burakovsky. What were we saying after the Hurricanes lost to the New York Rangers, that this team works their balls off every night for uh, Rod Brindamore, number one in dump-ins, number one in the league in puck retrievals. They work hard to score. And so I think that when talking about the Hurricanes, they could use another guy or two that can just give them an easy goal, a perfect shot from the slot, and not that – Burakovsky is going to go out and be a 30 40 goal scorer every season but you know 20 25 like he had a nice season I think he was just over 60 points with with Colorado Carolina is a good team they're a contender right and uh, they've got a lot of speed up front some good centermen so I've got Burakovsky as a as a fit for the Carolina Hurricanes what do you guys think Harper, you took my number one pick for where he should go, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, so I'm glad we're on the, the same page for the first time here. I think it's a great fit. The thing they need is scoring. You're absolutely right there. And I think they need someone on the power play, and th- this is your guy for that. I, I think he's the cheaper option available out there, although he's going to ask for a lot of money. He has 61 points last year or something like that, 60 points. Um so we've seen the trend of him going upward here, and I think he's going to ask for a lot more money. He's going to ask like Nylander money um, or a little cheaper. But I think it's a perfect fit in Carolina if they can make it work money-wise. And I think that he is the type of guy that they need to push them over the edge. They're obviously you know, the number one team uh, in their division, but they need something to get them through the playoffs, and he's the guy, I think. Um, so since you took my pick, I'll go with my number two, which I'm going to uh, make you even happier, Harper, is the Buffalo Sabres. I think that this is the type of player that they can sign. He's not a top-tier free agent available, but he is a 
solid guy to pick up and they need the the scoring you've mentioned it before they might be losing olafson and a couple other um reasons of a scoring winger being a target for them and i think that could be a good fit for uh, burkowski yeah burkowski like is a weird one guys as you've both kind of mentioned like don't really know exactly what he's worth being in and out of the lineup in the playoffs like reminds me of thomas tatar for for the habs where like you know he's a good player and you just you just don't understand why he's not in the lineup like i get it was different for montreal compared to colorado colorado just had weapons up and down the lineup and montreal tatar just didn't really fit their system but i think there is a comparison to be made there um casey really think he'll he'll ask for like six five roughly I think it'll ask for six million. I think that's his asking point where he's going to start. I don't know if that's what he's going to get, but yeah. that's where he's going to go. Yeah, and and you guys both mentioned Carolina too. Don't forget that. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this report, but it was kind of big news a few days ago that Carolina is letting some of their players test the waters. You know, they they mentioned that Tony D'Angelo can test the free agent market, and and same with a guy like Nino Niederreiter. So that's Tony D'Angelo. They're letting him test the market because they're the only guy, or they're their only team that would touch him at the time. So they're like, "Yeah, sure, you go ahead, test yeah. the market. Yeah, go back uh, to the Rangers. This is your this is your Niederreiter replacement, exactly. In my mind, well, that that's why I thought it was a, a perfect fit. But I'll say this: if the guy is going to be asking for a bunch of money, you know, like six million, like someone will probably overpay him and word on the street is Seattle is going to be going after some big name UFAs this summer. So I could see that making sense. It's a bit of a cop out answer because I thought Carolina was also a good one because of the need rider news, but uh, I'll, I'll say Seattle, I could see a fit there. Yeah. I thought about them as well, for sure. And in case I, I like the, uh, I like the Buffalo thought there. Um, but I, I actually have to go back on what I said about Olafson. It does look like there's a good chance that Olafson is going to stay on an extension. He had a really good finish to the to the regular season with uh, with the Sabers and picked up his scoring. And so I, I think that he could maybe be sticking around. But I love the idea of that for sure. All great uh, all great options for. For Burakovsky. All right. And uh, another Colorado UFA that we're going to talk about. So we've got two more to go. And that's Darcy Kemper, the goaltender, obviously. Uh, had a rough start to the regular season, but then really picked it up, was excellent. And, you know, was average, I think, at, at best in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we thought that maybe there'd be a bit of a controversy in the crease that maybe Francis could take the net because uh, he played well. Also, they've got him locked up. Um, but, you know, I, I thought Kemper was good. And it obviously wasn't a huge need for the Colorado Avalanche because they were such a powerhouse up front. But I like Kemper. I think he's a good goaltender. And I do think he's going to walk in free agency. And a team that was in on him before and has been tied to to Kemper before and Colorado swept them in the in the conference finals and uh that is the Edmonton Oilers so uh it doesn't look like Mike Smith is coming back that's going to be an LTIR situation or whatever so uh I could see them circling back to uh to Darcy Kemper so I've got him going to oil country yeah that's actually my number one for him as well it makes the most sense in my mind that's their biggest need for sure and then i saw smith's not coming so um and 
aren't they down two goalies now? So making a lot of sense here. Uh, so yeah, Edmonton's my number one as well, Harp. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the other biggest uh, biggest buyer in the goalie market, and that's New Jersey Devils again. I've, I've got to talk about it. That's what they're looking for, and they've been in on Jack Campbell and Kemper so far. So I wouldn't be shocked. Plus, I think they have the money available right now. Both both of these, well, mostly New Jersey, um, and and Kemper's realizing that the market is hot right now for a goalie. So people will be spending big. It scares me as a Devils fan because I just hate paying goalies nowadays. They're so unpredictable and you can't predict who's going to be good. Um, what if he's the next uh, group hour, you know, mm-hmm. playing on the same team, switches teams, and then is, you know, a little bit of a dumpster fire. So yeah. it does scare me, but I think that's the other option for him. And I could see him getting a Grubauer-esque contract this offseason. Like something, like what, do you guys know exactly what Grubauer makes? I think just south of $6 million or something like that. Maybe you could look that up. But I'm just, I'm thinking about it. You guys mentioned yeah, Edmonton. 5 5'9". 5'9", yeah. So five, I, nine. I could see that. It was like, when, when that contract was talked about, it was like, well, he's not Jacob Markstrom. You know, he's a bit, he, you know, he's not as good as Markstrom. So he got a bit less than Markstrom did. And I think that is kind of going to be how it works this summer. Someone's going to probably overpay him because that's what happens with goalies. They're up and down. We've established this, especially this season that, you know, he can't really bank on, on a goalie being good. Started the season pretty rough. By the end, I think he was top five in goal saved above expected and had a beautiful save percentage in the playoffs pretty much average same with you know slightly worse than pavel francis so it's just weird man someone's gonna overpay him and it's gonna be a team with a lot of money who needs a goalie i could see that being edmonton i could see that being new jersey and who knows right now it's seattle (laughs) or seattle but i mean they've got two guys who they already overpaid i don't know i know but if you're they need a goalie all of a sudden (laughs) yeah but if you're edmonton you know how much better does a tandem of kemper and Stuart Skinner look than Mike Smith, 41 years old, and Miko Koskinen. That's what you had going yeah. into last season, and then this year would be so much better. I could see it making total sense, but I don't know, guys. Like, he's good for what? Like 50 games, 45? Kemper? Like, can he really, can he really be a bona fide starter and not? just a 1A tandem guy. Like that's what I'm not sold on and I have the same concern with Jack Campbell. Like I think health is always an issue. Same with like an anti Ranta, we've seen that as well. Like th- these are guys who can who can start like 50 games, you know, 60 games, but I don't know if you're getting starter material for all of those games. So it just worries me a bit paying a goalie, but uh yeah, I'll I'll say Edmonton because it makes the most sense. 3 for 3. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I like it. Another name tied to New Jersey is uh, Vili Huso case. So, oh, someone's uh, going to overpay one, him, too. That one scares me even <laughs> Someone's going to overpay like, him, too. What is he? Is he the worst goalie yeah. in the league, or is he the best goalie in the league? Yeah. He's been both at a time. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, that's... You know what I mean? I agree. That, Statistically. That's a one. Yeah. That's a scary one, for sure. All right, and the last guy we're going to talk about, and, uh, man, like, it was... It, it was a wild year in the rumor mill for for this player. Um, you know, 
is he is he leaving Dallas and then Dallas got really hot. They were playing really well. They get into the playoffs and uh, then it's looking like it's going to be an extension and now not so sure. Uh, but uh, John Klingberg is the last guy that we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, very good left shot defenseman. He puts up points. He's got a, a great shot from the point. Jeff Merrick always talks about Klingberg as one of those defensemen who shoots high from the point and how he's been really successful uh, doing that throughout his career so far. He's looking to get paid this summer, as all of these guys are that we've talked about. And one team that I've heard is is tied to him a little bit, and I think it makes sense because they're looking for offense. They're looking to uh, take a big swing. They've got lots of cap space, and that's the Seattle Kraken. we <laughs> talked about Seattle before, so I think that Seattle and Klingberg is uh, is a real fit and uh, could maybe even overpay to get him to come to Seattle. Again, I think that's a bit of a tricky one because he's not getting any younger, but still a very good defenseman, and so uh, I like the fit there, Klingberg and Seattle. Yeah, and that's a. I think it's an easy fit there for sure. Um, I don't have too much else to say there. It's mostly they have money and they have needs. That's why they're an option for most of these players for us. And they're not uh, trying to rebuild like other teams with needs and money. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where I'm actually going to go with Klingberg is to a, a a handful of teams, three teams that have both needs and. Well, one team less so, but money for the other two. And that's Columbus, L.A., and Ottawa. They're all going to be shopping a defenseman. I think Klingberg could be a good fit for all of them, especially L.A. They've kind of they've they've got it covered on the right side, especially when uh, Doughty comes back. They're looking for a left-handed defenseman. They're pretty weak on that side other than like Mikey Anderson. Um, so, yeah, they, th- that's a big need for them. And they're making big splashes and they are on the up and up here. Their their young guys are really starting to bloom and they've been picking up good players every offseason here. They just did one the other day, picking up Kevin Fiala. So I think that'd be a great option for Klingberg's L.A. But Columbus is also in the need of defensemen. They've got two solid ones at the moment. So picking up a third would be nice. And Ottawa. Um, same reason they need a defenseman and they need that veteran presence so another good fit for them case all great points but i have to correct you and harper on the same thing Klinkberg shoots right and so that he's a right-handed shot defenseman does he play on the left i don't think so i think he plays the no. right um that doesn't feel good uh, yeah well in it but it's like you know, a that lot sucks. of yeah, a lot of guys do both, and maybe the power play is swap. Maybe that's uh, what you're thinking about for a one timer or something. But forget everything I said. It sucks. <laughs> Don't even take them. Um, but I chose one of the teams that you mentioned, and that was the Ottawa Senators. That's two players that I think could go to the Senators if they were to make a big splash uh, this off season. I think Klingberg makes total sense because uh, who's going to be playing? For the Ottawa Senators this season on the back end, on the left side, that's Jake Sanderson. How about playing him with a veteran guy to come in, you know, sign him maybe, you know, probably long term because that's what he's going to be wanting. He's going to want seven years. Try to get him at under seven million because he's still a, a good defenseman, you know. Get him for in and around that range. Play him with Jake Sanderson. Let them grow together. And then all of a sudden, that top four in Ottawa isn't looking terrible 
In fact, that top six in Ottawa isn't looking terrible, and you, you, you see them as a team who's on the up and up, taking that next step. So I could see Klingberg to Ottawa. Don't hate it. I must say, though, I got this idea from Puck Empire, so don't sue me. I saw a, a mock uh, a mock roster that he had going uh, on, on his Instagram page, and I just think it made total sense to me anyways, playing him with Sanders. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's not yeah. my favorite fit because I swore he played on the left side. Maybe I'm completely out to lunch there, but um, then that's my my perfect fit for him as well. Yeah. Also, it's like very similar in most things to a Br- what Bramstrom wants to be. Also, Swedish too, right handed and not overly large. Yeah. So maybe that's their last effort at trying to help Brandstrom grow into the player they want is uh try to show him someone to emulate. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight now that I screwed up which which hand uh Klingberg shoots from the blue line, but uh well, I some do red agree. flags I, went off for me when you mentioned that because I was like, wait a sec. I yeah. could have sworn like what however many years ago when the Leafs were in on Barry I could have sworn before that I was like, oh, Klingberg will be a great fit on the right side. That's what the Leafs need. Yeah. And but yeah, so thought I, I had to Google it to make sure, but I could have sworn Fuck he was me. right-handed. Branch from yeah. left. Well, let's just shut down the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the other thing. Brand, Brandstrom is a left shot D, but he plays the right side majority okay. of the time. There but I do is. like I do like that idea because Brandstrom came on towards the end of the year. You have a Swedish veteran there who could could help him along i want to throw something out at you guys i think this would be a great fit although i don't think it's going to happen because they're not expected to be big spenders this offseason and they're going to continue to take their time and let the young kids develop uh but how great would john klingberg look next to owen power for my buffalo sabers yeah that'd be nice that would be nice i would love it don't think it's going to happen though but anyway i want to throw that out well think about this in ottawa okay and and i'm just reading a modified lineup that i have here from from the puck empire trade but Mm -hmm. shabbat and zub on the first pair because Zub came on you know he's a bonafide top four guy now top pair Mm -hmm. is yeah, but Shabbat carries it. Same with like a Jan Ruda and Victor Hedman. That's the example we always go back to. Uh, then Sanderson Klingberg on your second pair. And then Brandstrom uh, or Bernard Docker. And then whoever else on your on your third pair there. I heard that whoever else guy is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Nick Holden or Del Zotto. There's a couple names there. But. Lassie, uh, Lassie Thompson as yeah. well. Yeah. Now, the other guy, I wonder who, you know, like it was a head scratcher of a deal that the Senators made at the deadline, but they they brought him in for a third round pick and and he actually fit in pretty well and played well. And that's Travis Hamannick. And so how do they feel about him and the way that he played? Do they just retain him and get another big name free agent? Because I, I do think Ottawa is going to get a big fish. This offseason, I really do, whether that's in a trade, i.e. Alex Debrinkit, for example, or, um, you know, a, a big name free agent. We mentioned Claude Drew earlier, maybe even Klingberg. But I'm just I'm wondering about that, too, because Hamannick, even though that deal was a head scratcher at the deadline, um, he, he did play pretty well for them down the stretch. Debrinkit, you know, for one, uh, 
Zub, great player. I just want to say that. Debrinket's not going anywhere. He is the new <laughs> Jacob Chikorin. I'm so sick of it. Like, he's not going anywhere. They're like, oh, yeah, we don't want a high or like a high first round and a second first round and a prospect for him. It's like, well, what do you want? Yeah. Fuck. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, sick of it already. If he does, he'll score 65 goals. Like, if he plays with Ovechkin or something, and just, you know, that'd be cool. But yeah, but they're just going to be too picky. They're going to be the same as Arizona with Chickering. They're just going to get offer after offer and not take one. Yeah. At a certain point, the market is going to go cold, you know, and it's hot right now. You should just take the highest bidder. I've realized I just have very thin patience for media bringing up the same player over and over again. And that's why I got sick of Jack Eichel and I got sick of Johnny Gaudreau and I got sick of Chikrin and Debrinkit as I just get so tired of seeing the same guy on the move constantly. It's like, yeah, just do it already. Yeah. Well, especially too, when it's, it's just like rumors or it's like something someone said on a podcast one time and it's like, it gets posted about it and talked about and it's like, holy, like, you know, how credible is this? It's like us talking about about it on the on JC the podcast. Abrams said to bring cats not yeah. going anywhere. He's signing for eight years. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh geez, glad to glad to get your uh, how you feel about it, Case. And oh, I'll tell you how I feel. He got his motor running. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Chikrin, it doesn't look like he's going to be leaving Arizona now. And oh uh, my then, god, I, I'm done. Know, <laughs> that uh, the price is just too high. Anyway, okay. Well, that does it. Uh, six big name UFAs that we wanted to touch on. Again, free agency starts on July 13th. So it'll be the week after the NHL draft, which uh, starts this Thursday at the Bell Center in Montreal. So uh, the off season is underway in the National Hockey League, and we will be here to follow it and cover it for our wonderful listeners. Also, if you haven't yet, there is still some merch available. So visit boysandboot.com slash shop. Check out some merch. And uh, that is on top of, again, uh, following us on YouTube and Instagram, listening to the episodes. Again, thank you so much for the great results these last couple of weeks. Guys, uh, hope you had a great Canada Day weekend. Great chatting with you. Looking forward to the draft and uh, free agency next week. So thanks for this. And we'll chat again next week. Yeah, tell a friend. Tell your dad. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 